When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. In this weekly show, the Husker Online team will give you the latest insight on Husker football, basketball, baseball, and of course, recruiting. Now, here's your host, Husker Online publisher, Sean Callahan. Hello here and welcome again to another edition of the Husker Online show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett, later will be joined by Abby Barmore as uh, Robin Sipp and I are getting ready to head to Indianapolis. It is official Steve Sipple Margarita Week as well um, as we get ready to uh, take on El Toro Mexican Restaurant in Indianapolis. Um, oh, wow. a, a new a new Steve Sipple tradition at Big Ten Media Days. Is that? We just decided that right now. We don't need no stinking shrimp <laughs> cocktail at St. Elmo's. Give yeah. Steve Sipple a $20 margarita and call it Big Ten Media Days. You guys have done the St. Elmo thing, right? Yeah. It was good. I like St. Elmo's when I'm only paying for myself. Right. I don't enjoy right. St. Elmo's when I pay for four people. It adds no. up. It adds up. Yeah, yeah. No, this is a nice Mexican place. It's a landmark. So That's where we're going. We are off to Indy, but lots to get into. A lot of mezcal planned. Uh, Big, Ten <laughs> Media, Big Ten Media Days, as you know, two-day event um, will take place Wednesday and Thursday in Indianapolis, uh, Nebraska, is set to speak at the event. Uh, the Huskers uh, will, will speak on Thursday. And then we'll also hear um, from several teams on Wednesday. So it's divided up in a two-day event. Uh, the preseason poll just came out for Big Ten Media Days. And I'm one of the voters. There's 37 voters on the poll this year uh, with the Cleveland Plain Dealer. And we got those results. Um, really no surprise in the East. Michigan comes in at number one. Uh, with 27 first-place votes. Ohio State, number two. They got eight. Um, so there's still eight votes for Ohio State. As we know, they're a loaded team. Penn State, and that's Steve Sipple's kind of dark horse pick, uh, received two first-place votes. They're third. Maryland, um, really a consensus pick at number four. Michigan State at five. And then Rutgers, six. Indiana, seven. The real intrigue, guys, was in the West. Wisconsin and Iowa were decided by one point. Hmm. Uh, Wisconsin received 233 points, and Iowa, 232. Now, the Badgers got 20 first-place votes. Iowa got 16. So a lot of first- and second-place consensus votes for the Hawkeyes. The Badgers got a lot of one-twos and even some threes and fours in, in the poll. Um, and it tells you how wide open this Western division is. Minnesota even got one first-place vote, which that surprises me when you look at their schedule. And then Illinois, the consensus four. Nebraska, really a consensus at five. Purdue, six. Northwestern, seven. Uh, I had Iowa, by the way, as my number one, and Michigan as my number one and the other. Yeah, the Iowa-Wisconsin thing was the big surprise for me just because I thought Iowa was the clear favorite in that, yes, they lost a lot on defense, but they're always good on defense. They're always going to be good enough on defense. They're always going to be good enough on special teams. 
question has always been their offense. Now they got a quarterback that's won a Big Ten championship in McNamara. And so I thought that you pair that with them having arguably the easiest schedule in the Big Ten conference, it's set up pretty well for them to make a run at another Big Ten West championship. And then with Wisconsin, there's just so many unknowns right now. I don't know how you can confidently pick them to win the division right now without even knowing what their offense is going to look like. And so that was the surprise for me i'm not nearly as high on wisconsin as apparently some other people sit you might disagree um i don't know i, I the only thing i take issue with is i think iowa's defense i think it, there'll be a drop off they were number yeah. two in the country last year but not much yeah a drop off from being like the best in college football right <laughs> there might be a there might be a drop off they do return a lot up front and in the back yeah. they lose campbell uh they, they lose jack campbell in the middle of the defense at middle mm-hmm. linebacker who's a first round pick that'll hurt they're, they're loaded up. I mean, they have the preseason conference defensive player of the year, Cooper DeJean, 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 DeJean um, corner, which is an odd pick for a defensive player of the year because you can take a corner out of the game if you really want to, mm-hmm. if, you, if you feel like you have to. Um, I think it's really close. I don't know, Sean. Wide open in the West, that depends on if you really think Minnesota or Illinois could, could steal it. And I don't see it. I don't know that it's – I would – characterize as wide open it's wide open at between Iowa and Wisconsin well the schedules make sense though both Iowa and Wisconsin and Nebraska only play one of the three from the big three Iowa draws Penn State Ooh. and they get them early in the year Wisconsin plays Ohio State um, so I, I think that's advantage Iowa I think Iowa right. can win that game they have a chance to win that game and I don't see Wisconsin beating Ohio State Nebraska drew Michigan as you know um, so we'll, we'll kind of see where that goes but Clearly, the head-to-head of Iowa-Wisconsin could end up deciding – it should probably end up deciding the division. Could Minnesota or Illinois steal it? I think Illinois could, could you? because of that defense. Okay. They are loaded yeah. on defense. Yes, they lost – what? They lost four draft picks in the second Yeah, but look right? at that defensive line. Yeah. Newton and uh, the other defensive line. I can't remember his name right now, but uh, they're, they're stacked up front. And if you are elite – on the defensive line, you're going to have a chance. Johnny Newton received more first-place votes for anybody for Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year, but he still fell one point short of Cooper DeGene. Um, Cooper DeGene was 42 points. Newton from Illinois was 41 points. Tommy Eichelberg from Ohio State got mm-hmm. six. I mean, there are four – actually, there. excuse me, there are five players that received five or more first-place votes – in defensive player of the year. Cooper DeGene had six. Johnny Newton had seven. Eichelberg had six. Um, help me with the last name here, but JT Tuamalu from Ohio State had five. And then Abdul Carter had five from Penn State. So defensive player in the year in this league, wide open. Offensive player of the year in this league, not, not so open. much. Not Marvin Harrison Jr. received 27 of the 37 first place votes. Blake Corm got four, and I think you can make a case for Blake Corm. No, I, I, Harrison might be the best player in the college football. Corm, no, Sean I'm not was a Heisman that. front yeah. runner until he got hurt. No, he's good running back. He could win the Heisman. He he can. He could win the freaking Heisman, and you're <laughs> you're you're I, trying not. to be naysayers, Steve <laughs> no, Sipple, on I'm this. Not, I'm not going to give you Corm over Harrison. No way, Marvin Harrison. No shot. Harrison might be the best player in college football. Nobody's saying that about Corm. But what about his quarterback? Does he have the quarterback that can make him look good? And he's got another receiver who's the second best receiver in college football. Well, so is he going to get the volume? I don't know. They also have one of the best tight ends in the Big Ten. I guess Corm will start. I 
Donovan Edwards looked pretty good to me last year. Um, Corum will be the starter if he's if he's healthy. Michigan's likely going to be undefeated going into the college football playoff, and Corum's going to put up a ton of yards. I, I hear they might nobody, be wire to wire number one. Nobody say Corum's the best player in college football. I do hear that about Harrison. He's Harrison's the best NFL prospect. prospect. But Corum's a better college football player. Ooh, because he's done more. No, he's done more. JJ McCarthy, by the way, received five first place votes. So you've got two Michigan guys there. Braylon Allen, uh, no first place votes, but he got five seconds and eleven thirds. Um, so if they're standing there, Harrison and Corum, who are you taking? Are you really taking Corum? Just for a college football team, I'm taking yeah. Corum. Oh God! This one threw me off. Of the 37 voters, one you guy back. Kyle McCord, the new Ohio State quarterback, got one first Strange. place votes. I mean, like th- those are kind of like what what are we doing here? Like, if you're trying to do this objectively, how do you Strange. vote the Ohio State quarterback who's never started a Player of the Year in the conference? I don't know. Over uh, like legitimate All Americans. There's I, the, the only answer I have for you. I have no idea. How yeah, to do that. I did not do that. They're just assuming that Ohio State will always have an All American quarterback and. Just inherently, whoever they line up at that position. Well, they've ripped off how many straight first rounders. I will say that they. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's just about a pedigree right. of that position yeah. and what they've had in that room. Okay, uh, I want to move on this quickly. Uh, Jim Harbaugh mm. uh, announced here today, here on Tuesday, uh, that he could be facing a four-game suspension, which is really not a huge deal when you look at their schedule. They they play three non-conference games where the Wolverines will probably be four touchdown or bigger favorites in all of them. And you could argue their first Big Ten game, they're going to be at least a 20-point favorite against Rutgers. So um, if Jim Harbaugh is suspended, that means his game at Nebraska in Memorial Stadium um, could be his first game back on the sidelines as a head coach. Very interesting. He's accused of providing false or misleading information to the NCAA during an investigation into alleged recruiting violations in 2021. Um, he says he, he's cons- Jim has consistently maintained that he was not purposely dishonest. <laughs> he claims he did not remember the events that led to the recruiting violations. He's what are the violations? I don't know, Sean. Uh, level two, though, not level one. If he would have cooperated, according to the CBS report, if he would have cooperated initially, he probably would have gotten off a lot lighter. But he didn't sign something, and he refused to sign something, and, and now it's a little tougher penalty, it looks like. I just feel like we're going to get away from all these types of things down the road with NIL and how much things have opened in recruiting. I mean, I think stories like this are – I don't think anyone cares anymore. No. I don't – yeah. Probably I don't. Probably not as much. I don't know. In like 1998, this is a huge deal. But like right now, like I don't know if anybody's like – Worried about this. The NCA seems to be tr- now, Sean. The NCA does seem to be trying to send messages. I mean, they just they just rocked Tennessee, although they did not give them a, any postseason ban. Mm-hmm. I think that's be the new norm. I think postseason bans are gone, especially for things that happened years ago. Like yeah. you're punishing current players right. for something that maybe they or their right. own coaches didn't even do. Right. Like that's so, that would have been the case at Tennessee. The, the Penn State they're hitting one, the institutions with fines. Just think about how harsh that was. Like that the current Penn State players in that era were suspended for something that happened like 10, 20 years before they were there. Right. They had nothing to do with it. And they stripped their scholarships, didn't let them go to bowl games for nothing that anybody in that building ever had anything to do with. Mm -hmm. 
So I agree with that shift. As far as shift. players go. Players right. Go. As far as players right. go. Right. So like if you're trying to punish the school, athletic department, football program, hit them where it actually matters. Fines. Million dollar fines. You know, millions. And that's the way you're going to get attention. But if you start punishing guys that had nothing to do with the whole situation, it's almost counterproductive to where you're – you're hurting yourself in a way. You're hurting the conference because it's taking a team out of a bowl game. Like there's the repercussions of things that had nobody had anything to do with it that they're feeling. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So I, I, I agree finally with the NCAA for one thing, and that's the way that they've kind of pivoted towards emphasizing fines and over show bowl cause and show cause and show cause penalties. Pruitt, I mean Jeremy Pruitt, who we're talking about Tennessee, he got hit with the six year, and the first year is a 100 percent. If he would go somewhere. It's a 100% show cause. He wouldn't be able to do anything. So, yeah, it's sort of interesting. The Tennessee thing was fascinating. They had a coach named Niedermeyer. They're recruiting the number one tight end in the country. By the way, they lost him to Georgia. He went, he went and shot baskets with him one day um, and then took him out to the parking lot and gave him 750 bucks. Um, and then on his, on his official visit, he's, the kid was from Las Vegas, he flew back with him. From Las Vegas, hmm. to that, to, which is a huge no-no. I mean, he flew back with the family, and then they lost him to Georgia. <laughs> Niedermeyer got creamed for it. All right. Um, I want to close on this. Um, let's bring in Abby Barmore, oh, yeah, Abby. Our, our volleyball expert analyst, who, by the way, has a big speaking event tonight in Pender, Nebraska. Um, oh, she's boy. talking Husker volleyball with Kelly Hunter um, in front of a crowd of probably, what, two, 300 people that will be there. So. Yeah. Uh, Abby's got a big night on her on on, on tap, um, but there was a big story on Monday that kind of won the internet or took over the internet, and the tweet was deleted. But as you know, that doesn't mean anything because screenshots are forever. Mm-hmm. Uh, Laura Stiverens, um, former Husker volleyball player, not even with the program, makes a tweet um, criticizing that the training table was closed, but the football players still had food. But the caveat is the football team made accommodations for the closed training table, paid out of their budget to cater a breakfast for their student athletes um, in the area. And the volleyball players, at least a former volleyball player, was upset about that and took a shot at the football program in her social media. Abby, what what was your thoughts on this development? Well, when you first see this tweet, it's kind of a little bit confusing and shocking your initial reactions but of course there's always more to every story and I really just think that Lauren and these players they probably been practicing all morning or lifting weights or something and they walk through and they see food and they're hungry and they just kind of make like a snap choice or decision based on what they see right in front of them but like from the background information that we know was that the training table was closed that week for maintenance just like they do every year and all of the teams were notified that they were that they were closing the training table and the teams would have to find a different way to feed their athletes. The football team planned ahead and had some meals catered, but looks good. The, the volleyball players, it does look good, doesn't it? Yeah. But the volleyball players weren't um, involved in that and they decided not to have a meal. So I just think really the Lauren kind of, the way that she handled it too, I don't know if it was a, Best as well, like kind of calling out the football team. Hashtag and losing record. What's her well, involvement with the volleyball losing. program? I'm I'm not really even sure if she's that involved right now. I heard I saw someone say that, <laughs> like maybe she was there just working with them this off season while she's preparing for you know to play professionally, 
or maybe someone else sent her that fit, that picture and was like, man, I wish we could eat this food, but it's off limits or something. I'm not really even sure how involved she is. Bad this, tweet. This is a perfect example of how social media is a weapon. And if you're going to fire off the machine gun, you better damn near know, know what you're doing. You're going to tag the athletic director like, in a complaint about Title IX and women's rights. You better make look. sure you know what you're talking about. Pretty bad look here. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to come off the top rope, you better make sure the guy yeah. can't get back up right. because yeah. she ended up being a bad She look. woke up a gorilla. I mean, like it. Yeah. Every. I mean, I, I have to imagine in her social media life, she's never dealt with anything, let alone thousands of Husker fans, former Husker football players, other people. Did, you know, did that happen? Oh yeah, Michael Rose Ivy got involved. I mean, a lot of people. And I didn't see anybody siding with the volleyball program. Well, it's because it was quickly explained what right. was happening. And explained um, well. Lauren Michelson from Channel 8 here in Lincoln, she did a good job actually getting yeah. some context. Said the training table was closed to everyone for maintenance, et cetera, et cetera for the upcoming fall seasons, uh, which is a yearly thing they do every year. And that this was communicated to every team in the athletic department. And so and the football team paid for it for the football team. So in, in retrospect... Just a tough look. Yeah. All right. When she we, was hungry. All right. When we come <laughs> <Angry>. back, uh, <laughs> ne- Nebraska will be in Indianapolis Thursday. We'll talk about some of the storylines we'll be watching. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Hi, it's Sean Callahan with Husker Online. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones and see what we find. Learn more at uscellular.com slash built for us. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washed, as we get you ready for Indianapolis, uh, we're going to see... Uh, Matt Rule, Jeff Sims, the quarterback, uh, Ethan Piper on the offensive line there, then Luke Reimer, uh, all those guys dressed up nice. By the way, our, our boy Gary Michaels, I know, f- outfitted them all. So they're, Nebraska's guys will come in that room with skin-tight fitted suits by the best around. Our, our boy Gary Michaels actually has an office down the hallway from us uh, up here on the, in the post office building. But interesting. Uh, it should be interesting to see Matt Rule. I think we're all in agreement that Matt Rule's going to get up there like some sort of flown-in professional speaker at a medical conference in Houston and just you know, Houston. take it'll be, a, it'll be a TED Talk. Just, yeah. It'll be impressive. Probably the most impressive. Can't th- Who else would be impressive in this, in this? He'll be the most impressive. We don't know about Ryan Walters. Yeah. Maybe, maybe he's got a gift. He's got some energy like yeah. luke fickle you would think would be but he's not no. like mm. he's he's i mean he's a great coach we all agree that yeah. but he's closer to like a bo pelini kind of presentation you know who'd be pretty good bit <laughs> a little too early he would have been great wouldn't he go cats, <laughs> go cats. <laughs> sorry sean um i apologize to <laughs> northwestern fans all over america no you don't you just added your name to the lawsuit <laughs> Sean. Um, but, yeah, Rule. I think Rule, just that moment for him, when you think about a year ago, how bad it kind of was for Scott Frost. Number one, the whole situation, we, we, we kind of knew Sip 
there's a lot of tension already going on with Nebraska's leadership and Frost heading into the year. But then at media days, they had to start the event early just for Nebraska because of their fall camp schedule. Um, and, and then there was no opening statement. And straight that be- to questions. Yeah, and that became a thing. <laughs> I mean, there's, it's a little nuanced because he had already addressed the media off to the side. I think that I think yeah. that was. He already talked for like a half hour. Did I really bring this up? So I, he, I, I mean, he he again. talked before the commissioner even talked, which the traditional way a media days opens, the conference commissioner goes first. It's his league. He's the man. You let him go, then everybody else gets to go. Well, they accommodated Nebraska, which I'm sure they were just thrilled, mm-hmm. and they're like, "You guys can go at like 8 a.m. while the commissioner won't go till 10." I would have liked to see Frost give a little state of the conference. <laughs> For, I mean, if you remember last year, Nebraska was out of there by like 11. Yeah, yeah. they were. Yeah, they were. This year, they start, I believe they start yeah, at 11. And they're day two. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, fall camp starts Sunday. The players report um, Sunday, excuse me, and then they begin practice Monday. Okay. That's the big and one. And it's going to be, I mean, there's a recruiting weekend. There's a lot going on this weekend. But, um, yeah, I, I think for Nebraska, just – rules the story and there's going to be kind of your odds and ends beat writer questions that we have for Roy. rob had the storylines what else do you have rob yeah so things personally we'll be keeping an eye on um you know with the players they chose to bring uh the fact that jeff sims has never played a single down as a nebraska Cornhusker, and he was picked as one of the three player representatives yeah, he's the quarterback. We know that, but it's still notable. I mean, this is a guy that had just arrived here a few months ago and is now one of the three faces of the program and how he handles that, how he represents Nebraska on that type of stage in his first unofficial introduction to the Big Ten Conference is, is certainly something to watch. And then, um, you know, with the offensive line being such a critical component to Nebraska's season, Ethan Piper is going to be the face of that. And then why Ethan Piper? You know, he was a guy that has kind of been in and out of the starting lineup over the course of his career, and now he was handpicked by this coaching staff to represent the entire program. And so I think that's notable about uh, oh, his rise no this offseason to no where question. not just on the field with his play, but his leadership and his status in that locker room. Right. Uh, this is pretty good in, uh, indication of how Real far good. he's come in that regard. Um, and then Luke Reimer, you know, I, I think kind of the, the, the note in the story that's going to run later this week is, you know, is this – could this be the start of a potential all Big Ten season for Luke Reimer? Sip, you've mentioned before about where he could potentially end up in Nebraska's all-time tackle leader list. Um, Third you know, or the, second. You know, he's, he's obviously a, an intriguing player in this defense with his speed and how that fits in Tony White's system. And yeah. So um, you know, he's the one defensive player that was chosen to come. So obviously Nebraska thinks very highly of him as well. So uh, you know, for these three players, each one of them brings their own kind of little interesting side storylines where Matt Rule is going to be in the spotlight. But those three guys are going to be fun to talk to as well. Do you know who's not on all Big Ten teams? Players on teams that win four, five, six games. So I think for when you start to talk about that, you got to be up there with the wins. And that's where if there's ties, and I'm a voter on this year, I understand how you, I mean, you tend to lean towards the players that are on the better teams. Sure. And, you know, like Trey Palmer, perfect example, was a, led the Big Ten in a lot of these receiving categories nationally even, but he still wasn't first team all Big Ten. No, no, he wasn't like that. He wasn't like Marvin Harrison. No, and I, I think <laughs> I think with Luke Reimer, um, we know he's going to have 
stats. He's got put up numbers. He did. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he's led, healthy, if he's healthy, led the team in tackles last year, missing two games. Mm-hmm. I mean, he missed two games last year and still let him by a long way. But it's the context of how those stats are made. Sure. Are they in big games that matter? Sure. And and that's how he gets up there. Otherwise, he's a second, third team guy. But when you're talking first team, I mean, you're talking all Americans. Well, look at the linebackers yeah. in the Big Ten right now. Like, they're all all Americans. They're all like potential first round draft picks when you got tommy eichenberg from ohio state who was getting first place votes you got uh, abdul carter from penn state who's getting first team votes and then uh maima jong meta yeah. from wisconsin sorry i butchered you nailed it. it did i no Is that the guy? <laughs> God, i was really gonna be proud of myself thanks thank ramir you. thank you for that yeah jordine and so <laughs> okay <laughs> To make all-conference at linebacker in the Big Ten this season is a accomplishment, even if you're third team. It's just a, because it's a linebacker of the league. level of talent yeah. across the board at that position. Yeah, it's, it's a, a linebacker, linebacker and a running back. And this year, it's a receiver league. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of rec- – and it's always a tight end league. Yeah, it is. I, Nebraska, I feel like – Hopefully, Nebraska kind of join that little legion. The, the quarter – I mean, the quarterback position, McCarthy is kind of your outright front runner as – like all Big Ten right now, based on the season they've had and, and what he's done. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the, the Maryland quarterback is Again, right. though, it's the context of the stats. Yeah. Like McCarthy's doing oh, them yeah, in, in playoff he's, meaningful yeah, games. Right. Oh, I got you. Ta- Tagaloa is doing them. Um, They're 8-5 and five last Tagaviola. year. Like he's doing them in games where they might be down and they have to throw more. But, yeah, he's a good – I mean, he'll Terps be – eight and 8-5. He's an NFL quarterback. Terps will be tough in Lincoln. Oh, yeah. Nebraska's getting getting them after Penn State, which is a huge break. Um, But that's kind of one of those games uh, for sure that's kind of a swing game on the schedule. All right, when we come back, uh, I want to talk about recruiting because Nebraska is going to have a recruiting event on Sunday. Uh, They're going to squeeze that in before the next dead period in August. Uh, We'll hit on that and more. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Husker Online Show, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Simple, Robin Washington, as we get you ready for Big Ten Media Days this week in Indianapolis. Fall camp, players report to the Selleck dorms on Sunday. And then they start practice Monday. And I never say, is it quadra? I, I can't ever get that word Quadrangle. Right. Quadrangle. Quadrangle. That, I, I just say Selleck Dorm because I basically butcher that word every time. Just say quad. Just Selleck Quad. Robin. Quadrangle. Quadrangle. Yes. The old Selleck. I, I just, I mean, I'm, I'm just interested what that's going to look like, by the really way. Really interested. I, it can't now. It's not going to be all. I don't want to. I don't think it's all going to. It's not. It's not going to be rosy all the time. When you have that, it's tense. August mm. is tense. There's old Selleck right there. Yo, oh God, you guys have covered it for years. There's Matt Rule's room. I mean, you guys have covered <laughs> preseason. <laughs> you guys have covered preseason camp. It's tense. Yeah, especially once you get into like week three. Yeah, people are tired. It's hot. They're hot. Yeah. The. Uh, they're, they're competing. Adrenaline has worn off a little bit, and now the, the tensions are starting to build because position battles are starting to get cleared up a little bit. And, yeah, 
if, if we could say some of the things we've heard, I think people would be freaked out. I mean, I've heard stuff said, like, I'm like, oh, boy, that, 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 you don't, I'd, I'd tone that down a little bit. It, gets, it just gets intense. Think how many times under Polini, like, we were worried, like, I mean, he shut down access before during camp. He, mm-hmm. he shut it down. But just like how, I mean, I got thrown out of a camp once for Polini for reporting on Bubba Starling. Well, I mean, you see, you see coaches getting after each other. Um, coaches getting after players. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it gets wicked intense. Was it on a Riley or Polini where they did night practices? I mean, I, I say night. Riley. And they were practicing until like 10 o'clock at night. Yep. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we were writing practice reports. We, we, we didn't have our office yet, and we were That's working awful. from the embassy suites that year. Mm-hmm. We just walk over and we drink at the bar. Yeah, we'd have to get there before they close the bar at like 10 o'clock. So. <laughs> so you'd scurry over there. Yeah, we'd run over and order like four or five at a time nice. so we could actually have it to finish our stories right. some late nights in the heat it helps, yeah. helps but your sanity <laughs> so sunday guys will be a very big day though um not, sunday not only is it player moving day report day um but it is fan day um nebraska's fan day will take place indoors um in the hawk center high is 93 i would assume that's for the heat reasons but man it's going to be really crowded inside the hawks and it'll be interesting how that goes off yeah I like the fact that it's indoors. I know there's been a lot of complaints about. Is there? Yeah. So, I mean, well, for one, the fact that it's indoors, like it, it'll be packed, but it'll be cool. And I think that's, for a lot of people, that's more important. As long as the garage doors are closed, which they will be. But if you open those garage doors, it's not very cool inside the, yeah. the But then the fact that they're doing it on a weekend, right? Like that, as opposed to like two o'clock on a Wednesday when people like are still working. Remember, that's what Bo used to do. Like Frost used to do that. For, they tried, they, they would almost be visibly annoyed how busy the fan day would be that like we're going to have it at the most obscure day of the week and time and it would end up being more crowded mm-hmm. like there'd be families like well great we have a new tradition we're going to take the day off as a family and, and, and i mean people will come to this no matter what and it's a really important part of nebraska football yeah I'll, i won't be within five miles of it so <laughs> tell me how it goes <laughs> i mean there's not a lot of roster intrigue in my no. opinion because the, the Number one, the fall camp, the fall camp roster is now it's one twenty, mm-hmm. so there, there used to always when it was like one oh five, there'd always be like who's the scholarship guy that's not right. going to make it. You right know? now, you get everybody plus a couple of walk-ons. You know, right. like um, like not a couple, like thirty five. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, so <laughs> yeah, that that drama's sort of. I mean, there's just there. very little. You know, you might injury or just eyeballing people, but. Having an indoor, I mean, I don't know if I'm really interested. Like you said, it's just not really a media event. No. We used to get, like, all the, like, the obscure players just get pictures of them. We'd go, like, to, like, every seat at just every to use table them. just to have a, a stock photo of every player just in case. But oh. beyond that, there wasn't a lot. A lot of times that was, like, our transfer portal file. Because mm-hmm. if a guy transferred, they usually didn't play. But by God, we had this picture of yeah. them wearing a bucket hat smiling at fan day. <laughs> so that's still that's still worthy of doing. Yeah. And it's not exactly my favorite thing to do, but I'll end up doing it probably. Well, we don't need to talk about that. Um, but okay, then there's a recruiting, <laughs> there's a recruiting event as well um, going on Sunday. So from ten to three, Nebraska will be hosting uh, a barbecue. This is a recruiting event to host kids on campus. That's the last day that you can have recruits on campus until September first, um, which is the start of the season. Um, but the there's a few notables. Um, Grant Bricks, Logan Magnolia yeah, is going cool. to be there. 
Okay. Um, he's also going to K-State in Oklahoma this week, though, too. So Brixie's going to make another round uh, of visits to these three places, but Nebraska will get him last. Caleb Benning will be there as well. Um, he's expected to be there on Sunday. Um, guess who's coming back, Sipple? Your, your quarterback boy, Alex Mansky. Really? Your he'll, boy. He'll be back for his third visit to Lincoln since June. I like him. I like that dude. He's a natural. You really wrote a great breakdown of him. <laughs> Inside jokes, keep moving. So what all goes on at one of these deals? I mean, obviously they're grilling. But like beyond that, Party. like is it just a hangout? Is it hang out at the facilities and like one big unofficial visit? Yeah, I mean, I, I just think it's kind of a giant get-together. Let people hang out, interact, talk to important recruits. A lot of the guys there, though, will be 25s and 26s. As you know, with 2024, a lot of the hay's already in the barn. There's not a lot of wiggle room for numbers in 2024. They have 24 guys committed, 24. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know how much more they're going to go, um, and it's got to make sense if they continue to keep adding people. So, uh, yes, Grant Bricks makes sense. It'll be interesting okay. how it plays out with Caleb Benning and some of these other spots because they do have seven defensive backs technically committed right now. Um, so there are a lot of things – I love that Mansky's coming back, though. Your top, arguably, I know we were all on the Stone Saunders thing, uh, but now Mansky's back for a third time, and they really like this guy. Oh, but I bet they do. Well, we'll see. Maybe they could, maybe they could invite Lauren Stiffens to the barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Fix her up a plate. Hey, they have to pay. You know, um, get a big plate full. They have to charge though hungry. these things no for harm, food. No harm, no foul. So she can pay. Um, they can't give a free meal. As ridiculous as that sounds. They can't. They have um, to pay for it? You have to pay like five or ten bucks. Nominal um, fee. By per NCAA rules. There that has to be. Sense. And so um, they charge for those things. But that's going on Sunday. Brian Munson's going to have an extensive report on this on the website. We'll have more in Tunnel Talk this week. But when we come back, Abby Barmore will rejoin the show. Uh, we'll take your questions in the mailbag. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. And we're back here on the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Steve Sipple, Robin Washett. Uh, time for everyone's favorite segment of the show, the mailbag. Let's bring back in Abby Barmore. But before we get to that, let's get to Steve Sipple over in his Jeep as this segment is brought to you by... <laughs> it's Sean. It's, it's brought to you by Larson Motors in Nebraska City. If you are looking for a new vehicle, go for a new experience at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. It's one of the Midwest's only dealerships with all the major brands in one location, in one big lot. You could spend an afternoon there. Finding your Chevrolet, GMC, Hummer, Ford, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, or Ram has never been easier. So start your new experience today at LarsonMotorGroup.com or at Larson Motors in Nebraska City. Larson Motors, real people, Real deals. All right, let's move it into the mailbag. Abby Barmore, where are you starting us out with this week? Okay, here we go. Would you be more surprised if ne if Nebraska goes three and nine or nine and three? Oh, three and nine. Three and nine. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they went three and nine because the schedule. Yeah. Right. There's there's a few. I mean, a lot of things would need to go wrong oh, for them God. to go. Through. I mean, there's actually yeah. A very optimistic road, but nine and three, like there's a road to nine and three. There is. It's really optimistic. I mean, it, it's the backdoor path into the restaurant, but it's not. Right. It's not unattainable. I mean, no, yeah. 
I mean, you, you could just say like Michigan, Wisconsin, and one other one, and then they win nine. I mean, that 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 wouldn't surprise me, but three and nine would surprise oh, me. Oh God, it would shock me. Be, I mean, yeah. be, in the context of Colorado, Northern Illinois, La Tech, La Tech, and who's the, who's the other one? Uh, well, those are the main ones. Yeah. You're going to win three is my point. Would you lose the rest Northwestern, you hope? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think Purdue is – got a pretty good shot against ah, three and nine. Northern Illinois is a sneaky game, though. Kind of. I mean, they have a seventh-year quarterback. They're three and nine in last year. Yeah, but they, they lo- they've got a lot returning. I mean, they received yeah. some first-place votes in the MAC. Yeah. Rocky Lombardi is back for a seventh year. <laughs> that is incredible. We saw him here mm-hmm. playing when Scott Frost was still – Sort of the favorite son. Right? That was I a mean, win in the snow game. Yeah, nine to three. I was talking to Frank Solich for the book thing this week, and and we were talking about the schedule off the off the interview, and I said, "Yeah, and can you believe uh, Rocky Lombardi? He's back for a seventh year." And Frank, a seventh year? Are you kidding me? Like, I mean, it's just like catch you by surprise. Yeah, the old school guys really don't know what to do with no. that. Last year at, at Big Ten Media Days, I thought I was struck by the humor of Garrett Nelson when he said he didn't even know what year he was was. I'm not sure exactly because of COVID. Yeah. I think I'm a junior. Which makes me feel better because I struggle enough. If the players themselves don't know what yeah, year they exactly. are, that, that makes me feel a lot better. I mean, these players are in school long enough now, and they go to enough summer school, and they graduate early from high school. They get a master's degree when they're here now. I mean, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> all right, let's go. Next question. Okay, there's been a lot going on at Northwestern all over their nor- their athletic program. Do you think that the Huskers are, are going to pursue any of Northwestern's transfer portal guys? I don't think so. I haven't heard anything. It's really late. That's the thing. Like, maybe if this was going down in, like, January, maybe. But even then, it's kind of a dicey deal where, like, you almost look like a vulture poaching, you know, swooping around some injured animal or something like that. So, I mean, like, it happens. But for Nebraska, at this point, I I don't see it. I did. If if my son was at Northwestern, I would advise them – Stay at Northwestern right now. You're getting a great education. Mm. Why the heck would you mess that up right now? Um, because what football situation would you possibly walk into that's going to help you out right away for this year? And you sure as hell aren't going to find probably an academic situation that gives you what you have right now. Well, now, if the, if some of these allegations are true, you wonder about mental abuse. And yeah, what's going on in the program. Which True, I would, true. That's a good point. I'll, I'll take a look at that. But um, – I see where you're coming from. Next question. Okay, next one. Which Big Ten teams this upcoming football season do you think will be the biggest risers and the biggest fallers? Purdue. I, I think Purdue could be better than a lot better than people think. They oh, added man. Hudson Card. Added, I thought added. you were way out on Walters. I, I'm. I can't. I have to be open-minded, Robin. <laughs> um, they have some guys on that team. I love Maccabee. I like the addition of Card. They have they're, they're they're good up front on defense. They're tough. This is a tough team. I, they just won the West. I can't believe the dip will be that bad. It wasn't like Brom was. I mean, he was. He, a lot of people are pretty glad to see him go. They uh, had like a six-year quarterback and a six-year receiver though last year. Mm-hmm. Charlie Jones and Aiden McConnell. I mean, those guys were, were gone. They're mm-hmm. in the NFL. Mm-hmm. So McConnell was really good. I will give you. And that. Charlie Jones was really good. Yeah, he was good, and he tailed off because of injuries. But McConnell was, as I said last week to Rob, McConnell was making fro- throws against Nebraska that were freaky. I mean, they were freaky throws. Like mm-hmm. you, just, you just don't see guys at college make very often. They backdoored into the West because Iowa 
and Wisconsin and Illinois could not finish it. Yeah, I'm not Illinois saying Purdue is going to repeat. I just think they're picked. Well, they're picked second to last. I could see them finishing higher. I mean, Nebraska could be the surprise team for all. I mean, they they have the potential. I mean, I think Maryland's the one that you can say, hey, they could knock off one of the big three. Like, could they get one of those three? That 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 to me would constitute a surprise. Yeah, I don't see any big surprises in the East just because of how good those top three teams are. Right, Maryland would be the closest thing to it. For me, it's going to come from the West, and I think Illinois is still going to be better okay. than people think. I mean, just because of that defense and. Can they compete for the West? Maybe. But for the drop, I, I just, I'm not sold on Wisconsin yet. Mm. Maybe that changes after a couple games and I actually get to see it, but I just don't have enough trust in what that picture is going to look like to think that, for one, they're going to be Wisconsin that we're used to, but then also that they're going to win the West like some people are picking. I think they're going to be really well coached. Michigan State, like losing two really good players in the portal yeah. right before the end of the spring ball ended, that – could they? I mean, could they not make a bowl again? When, you, when yeah, you're paying, five and seven last year, when you're paying ninety million dollars, um, that that's a problem. Five and seven last year. If you finish sub five hundred again for, with for Mel Tucker, yeah, that's a problem. And I believe Ross Ells and Ted Gilmore and T.J. Hollowell are all part of that staff. There, do you know that? Yeah. So um, there's quite a bit of a Nebraska flavor on that Mel Tucker staff. They actually had twenty players going to transfer portal after last year. That's Rocky. It's Rocky for Tucker. All right, next question. Okay. Other than Nebraska's representatives, which coaches are you most excited to listen to at Big Ten Media Days? Well, Harbaugh. Yeah. <laughs> it's always Harbaugh. Suddenly right? became a lot more interesting. He's always interesting, though. Yeah. I, like, I, I do enjoy listening to Harbaugh because it's, it's strange. It's usually a strange sort of either strange encounters with yeah. him. The Depends way on what kind of mood he's in. Like if, he, if he's interested in engaging, then he can get kind of out there, which mm-hmm. is fun. Fun. <laughs> but other times he just wants nothing to do with it and can be the exact opposite. David Braun. I mean, he's going to be the first Northwestern official to comment publicly since all this stuff went down. I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah, I mean, he's scheduled to. Did you see they've tried to, like, hire an advisor to the head coach where they've tried to get, like, a former head coach Mm -hmm. that's available Mm -hmm. to come in and kind of work with him? And they've been turned down. I'll bet. I want to say the old, old Miss coach was approached, Matt Luke. Yeah, um, that sounds right. And somebody else. But they've approached – they almost want to kind of team him up with a mentor. Wow, that's a strange situation. That's a strange situation. That is. You don't hear that very often, right? That's somebody uh, that can help guide him running a program because he's you, never run a program, let alone through a crisis. Right? Are you really excited to hear anybody? I mean, I guess the answer is no. I'm not. I mean, Matt Rule, right? Be- because because he he. I mean, listen, we're gonna have a lot of material coming out of Indy. We will. We'll have a lot of material. Um. So that, but it's yeah, we're in sort of a conference where there's not. You, you know, if you're in the SEC, you might say Lane Kiffin, kind of funny in his own own Lane Kiffin way. You're, you're interested to hear Saban and Kirby, um, smart. But in the Big Ten, who is it? You know, who's entertain? Who really entertains you at this point? Yeah, and Harbaugh is probably the closest. Harbaugh's the Har- Harbaugh. All right, Abby Barmar, final question. Okay, so you've all been to a lot of Big Ten media days in several sports. What is the most memorable coach or player interview from Big Ten Media Days? That's a tough one. I mean, we've because you're going all the way back to the Big Twelve days. Yeah, I'm going back to '96. 
I, I nice. went to my first one in 2000. I that, was, Sean, you've been doing a long time, too. I, I worked for 1620 back then, and <clears throat> they would have me. I, I had to get the coaches for Kevin Kugler. So I would run around and grab the coaches and sit them down and the players and go for them. Back. And, and I, I got you to go for I got pretty good at it, though. Like you learn how not to take the word no. And you kind of just tell the coach, hey, coach, we're taking you over here. We're bringing you over here. And, you know, to get like Mac Brown in that era, to get Bob Stoops, mm -hmm. it sure. was. There, there was a moment I remember, it was, I don't remember, there, all these things sort of run together in your head, but when Bo was the head coach and it was his first year, Stoops was at, Stoops was at Oklahoma, Youngstown guys, and Stoops did his thing at the podium. It was, I think it was after Bo, yeah, it was, yeah, it was after Bo. Bo had left, and he called and wondered what Stoops said about him. And I thought that was, I, I, I was maybe overly fascinated by that, but he wanted to know what Bob said about him, if anything. Um, and that was, I, I, but a lot of things I don't, there's a lot of, there's a lot of media days. I don't even remember being the at. big 10. I always felt was a different event than the big 12 ones we did. Why is that N nicer? Like kind of stuffier country yeah. clubbish yes. stuffier, like less characters, like far less characters. You'd get kind of like a bunch of Southern leech. I mean, you, know, the, you get leech. Yeah, that, that was going to be my answer was my, like pretty much any Mike Leach podium interview, R. just R. because he could be talking about the most mundane thing, but say it in a way to where you're like fully entertained. You had leech, you had Gundy. Yeah. I mean, those guys were Gundy. Gundy's entertaining. Oh, yeah. They're way, they're way more entertaining. Yes. They, they, they were. I mean, those guys were fun. Yeah. The big 10, it's like a established country club of prestige. And even, I mean, the media, you're dressed up nicer at this one where in the big 12, there'd be guys in shorts and flip flops walking around. And I mean, it was just, a little bit more casual. Yeah, it was a lot more casual. They used to always, <laughs> what I always remember, the Big 12, they, they kind of did a lot for the media at those events back in the day. Like, mm -hmm. you would go to, like, a Rangers game or a Royals mm -hmm. game, and then they would have a, a suite for them, like a club suite for the media. Yeah. And they would comp the food and the beer. and They would do a lot of stuff. Like, they did a tour of, when Jerry's World opened, they did a tour of Jerry's that. World. That was sweet. They did a press conference there, too. Yeah. I and I, so I remember in Texas, the very early, one of those ones that was in Dallas, might have been that one or before that, but Joel Klatt was brand new. And he was just like a radio talk show host in Colorado. And he just like sat down and we were just shooting the breeze, talking, and you could just tell, oh my God, this guy's going to be like really good. Yeah, like, he got good. Just, I mean, you could argue he's the best. You could. I'm sorry, Herbie. I mean, you could. I, I mean, I, these days I almost like listening to Clat better than Herbie. Not, I, I think Herb Street's really good. I'm with you. But I think he sticks to landing a lot better. Like when you, when you hear his delivery, the way he presents it, and then he sticks the landing, that, that is the key. In this, you, Abby agrees with you. In this YouTube <laughs> TikTok era, you got to stick the land. He sticks it. You're right. Good point, Sean. I'm trying to think if there's bad point on Blake Corn, but good point on that. The Big Twelve also used to always do. Remember the Fiesta Bowl would always sponsor kind of like a, a like a, what a, an evening yeah. soiree. Yeah, I do remember. It's incredible. My very very first media days. Gary Java, first guy that hired me in radio back at 1620 pre Kevin Kugler. He just like Sean. You go to these things. I'm just going to give you some advice. Don't be the lead drunk. <laughs> Meaning, just hang back. Just 
Follow the pace setter. It's you like know? you're going to get excited that there's a bunch of free beer laying out, but just, just act like you've been to the show before. Don't be the lead car. It's very, very <laughs> sage advice. Because you, you go to these things, and they put out free stuff for the media. I mean, there's guys that act like they've never left the house before. <laughs> it's like Farva at open bar. You know, he's like double fisting, puke and rally. They'll always, they'll always be the last call, and they'll be the guy that gets open like bar, six dude. bottles, takes yeah. them back to his oh, table. Yeah. Robin's like, yeah, I've been that guy. Yeah, I've, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've been the pace car a few times. Oh my god! Yeah, well, you know what? Now, my that, I think of, now that well, yeah. not that much younger. Now that I'm thinking about it. Now in the Big Ten, we <laughs> don't, 40. we don't. There is no uh, comp media bar or anything like that. No, they, no, they, there's they not. Box lunches and I mean, it's a nice lunch setup, but nothing. You can't even bring your soft drinks into Lucas Oil. It's pretty buttoned down because you can't spill. They don't want you spilling your coffee on the turf, which I get. Big shout out though, because that, that that is a gorgeous, handsome arena. I mean, it really is. The only negative is you get those field turf BBs in your socks every day. The tires seems. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> you ever walk around in dress shoes on field turf for a whole day? You get some of those beats. Oh yeah, you get a lot of them. I mean, you yeah. have to like knock your shoe it's part out. Part of the experience. Part of the deal. But yeah, I'm excited to be in Indy. Well, full coverage. Uh, when we come back, some final thoughts. We're going to talk basketball. They added a surprise player. That and more. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. This is Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. Final segment here of the Husker Online Show. Sean Callahan, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple, as always, having a lot of fun here as we bring you the weekly show and reminder we'll have headlines after big 10 media days probably posting a little later on friday um so if you're waiting around and have a walk or a run you got to wait a little bit longer because we got to get back um from indy and then sip and i will drop a headlines later on friday what time are you talking over there boss whenever we get back and get up here um four yeah four ish um right. but should be good to go but lots going on with basketball robin washed um nebraska not done adding to the 2023 roster. And I know you're on top of about everything. They added another commit. Did this get you by surprise? It did. came out of nowhere. And really, like, there hadn't been any rumblings uh, that he was even on the radar until the day that it happened when it started kind of buzzing on Twitter a little bit. Matar Diop, who is uh, originally from the uh, Senegal, Dakar, Senegal, been just moved over to the United States, was playing at Keystone Athletic Academy, in Erie, Pennsylvania last season. So he's only been in the United States for uh, a little over a year. He just became academically, academically qualified last week. He had to finish up a class before he could be a recruitable prospect. He got that done. And then two weeks ago, Nebraska um, assistant Ernie Ziegler was out in Atlanta at the NBA Academy event where they do all those international NBA Academy teams. Um, Giot played for the NBA Africa team and they were out there playing and he apparently stole the show. Oh, and is that right? They watched him in person, loved everything about him. And as soon as he became cleared academically, he kind of entered that no brainer territory for what Nebraska was looking for, for one of those two open scholarships that they had. And they wanted a young developmental big who's not going to come in and want to like play significant minutes right away, but can be good enough to help in an emergency because they got some injury issues right now with their front court um, going into Spain and maybe even going into the season. So having another body that can play if needed uh, is good. But long-term, he's kind of a developmental piece that can take the baton once the rink master, Josiah Alex, move on from the program. So, um, yeah, came out of nowhere. Um, and that's kind of common for this time of year, especially with international players. 
schools like Nebraska want to recruit guys as much under the radar like this as they can to avoid. I don't know if you remember the kid from Finland that visited um, the I can't even remember his name right now. Either way, uh, he visited and took an official visit, and they thought he was going to commit while on his visit. Well, it got out. There was some buzz about him. A day later, he scheduled an official visit to Texas Tech, commits to Texas Tech. So I think what they were trying to do was keep this under the rug as much as possible to make sure that no other schools got involved late and threw some NIL money at him or whatever it may be uh, and got the deal done. So they were able to do that. They have one open scholarship for next season. We'll see if they fill it. Um, Fred Hoiberg was asked about that on Monday. Mm-hmm. Didn't seem like they're in any stressful situation to fill that spot. I think if they get the right guy, they'll do it. But I think they're also fully content, if necessary, to take that scholarship into the season. So um, good addition. Uh, again, he's a project. He's still very raw, but he's got a very high ceiling if he can reach that potential. Robin, are there any walk-ons that could get that extra scholarship? Yeah. Um, Sam Hoiberg obviously is one of them. He played significant minutes for him last year, was a key part of that rotation, but he's also the head coach's kid. You know, Kind of they, a tough family so background. So if, if they wanted to, yeah, <laughs> that's really hurting. Uh, if they wanted to go another direction, Cale Jacobson could be a guy. He got a lot of praise yes. on Monday hmm. uh, just for his work ethic, the fact that he brings it every day. He's been playing some center at six foot four, so that shows How that. How does that work? Well, right now they have ten bodies, and one of them is Juwan Gary, who just got Claire left. Yeah, so <laughs> mostly out of necessity, Columbus. but. What I took away from it is that he's six foot four and they feel okay with him playing the five. Okay. Like in that setting. Mm-hmm. So strength, size are not an issue for him, and apparently he's been playing really well. What? So um, those are the two that if they do carry that scholarship over, you know, Hoiberg has earned it the most, but Jacobson could be the next choice just because of the family situation. Where's Blaze Keita in this picture? He's still hurt. Still hurt. There, I've been saying this for a while now. There's growing concerns about that ankle so he had off-season surgery on his ankle which he's been having ankle problems for a couple years now uh and is a different type of surgery like not a common surgery and so his recovery has gone a lot slower than expected i guess technically he's still on track but the fact that he's not doing anything Hmm. on the court right now really starting to raise concerns you know because for one you got to get the ankle fixed but then you got your conditioning you got to get into the the mode with all these new players in the front court so that's why getting Matar Giop was important because yeah. if this injury and this recovery goes on to the season, which it could, I mean, that's a realistic thing. Having another body to at least give you some more front court depth was pretty critical. Yeah, Kata had his moments last yeah. year. Pretty good. Pretty oh, especially good as a defensive rebounder yeah. and rim protector. Yep. Like he, br- he brought that to where last year they just didn't have any other bodies like him. You're listening here to the Husker Online Show. Um, as we wrap it up, guys, I did want to bring this into the show. Uh, Jim Leonard, the former Wisconsin interim head coach, defensive coordinator, legendary Badger player, was thought to be the successor to Paul Christ at one time, uh, did not get that job, stepped away from Madison, announced this week he will be an analyst for Brett Bielema, who is kind of turning himself into the ultimate Badger troll after you know it felt like he left there and kind of burn his bridges in Madison, and now he's going to take in another guy who feels like he was wronged in Madison and Jim Leonard. Jim Leonard, as an analyst, the the person you immediately think of that's affected is the current defensive coordinator, Aaron Henry, which, I mean, I, what are you thinking if you're Aaron Henry? Um, I, am I 
Am I wearing this tag still? Um, at least pay me. Like if I have a bad it. week. Yeah. 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 Um, but, but I don't know. That dynamic, that, that kind of dynamic can be, it's really can be interesting. I, I mean, we've dealt with it here. Not, we don't, I mean, I've heard enough about it that it can be real. You, you know? would hope, though, that Henry's defensive philosophies are pretty in line with Bielema, and obviously Leonard's are the same with Bielema. So I don't know if there's any, like, incorporation of, you know, this new wave of thinking with Leonard. I think maybe it's what just What if they lose three in a row? Well, yeah. That's when you wonder, right? Yeah. Like, then it doesn't matter who your analyst. You're <laughs> going to be on the hot seat in that regard, but they won't lose three in a row. But if they get to that point. Mm -hmm. And having the rules loosened for analysts now where they can do a little bit more and be on the field where before, you know, they, they were doing that, but you had to be a little bit more careful on how you operated. As Scott Frost learned, he was um, nailed on Jonathan Rutledge you know, doing more than he should have been able to do as a special teams analyst. Yeah, those were the days. Those were the days. But, yeah, this, no, this is really interesting. Leonard's a, a great addition. Um, I mean, that's uh, – that's. Uh, I mean, what can you say? That's just uh, – that's about as good as you're going to get it. I mean, can you just put it this way? You're not going to find much better – you're not going to find a much better analyst out there, right, than no, Jim Leonard. Especially and, if you're Illinois. Right. He's chosen this path. Jim Leonard had other coordinator opportunities. There's no doubt in my mind. Like after the Wisconsin thing fell through, he could have gone to a lot of places and been on the defensive staffs. But clearly he wants to stay involved but sit out as far as being a coordinator. And then next year I would imagine he's going to emerge as a pretty big name. Yep. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, that wraps it up. Make sure you um, – 100. Like, follow, subscribe to us on the Husker Online page. Also – Check out Steve Sipple's Twitter for a full margarita report <laughs> from <Wow>. Indianapolis <laughs> uh, as we will uh, give you the, the full play-by-play -play of that. <laughs> I do want to make um, two quick announcements. Uh, we've got some Husker Online events coming up. Um, I will be in um, Grand Island with Sipple at Riverside Golf Club. That's going to be August 16th. Uh, we've got an event there going on um, that you can attend. That's free admission to attend that event. Um, and then I will also be doing the Chicagoans for Nebraska. Um, that event is Thursday, August 3rd. Um, it's at the Big Ten headquarters um, in their, their party room. You are kidding. Um, and I'll be presenting on a Thursday night to the Chicagoans for Nebraska. Um, there's more information the on their website um, for, for that event. Uh, it's an all-inclusive ticket that includes your food and drink for the price of admission. So still time to sign up for that event in Chicago and mark it down on your calendar to see Sip and I in Grand Island. Uh, thanks again uh, to Abby Barmore, Robin Washett, Steve Sipple for HuskerOnline.com. I'm Sean Callahan. Thanks again for joining us this week on Husker Online, your authority on Nebraska athletics. 